Welcome to Painting Corners, your weekly podcast for all things baseball. Now, here are your hosts, Austin Hartsfield and Dave Kwiatkowski. I feel like I've said this a lot lately. Uh, I'm very excited about the guests today because it's true. It's the only podcast that I listen to that's not mine and not saying that I'm an egomaniac and I listen to my own podcast, but you know, we need clicks. Guys who also need clicks is a guy named Colton St. Vincent who is with us live from the 815 podcast based out of Chicago that even though half of them aren't even out of Chicago. Actually, none of us are. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is, even, this is not a good look. This, <laughs> this is not a good look. But it's a fitting look. This this is the most Colton St. Vincent intro ever. Let's call him the Jeff Francoeur of podcasting, Colton oh, St. Yeah. Vincent. Hey, yeah, dude, I'll I'll take Jeff Francoeur. He hit like a 600 foot home run. He was like, good once. That, yeah, dude, I'll do if, if I'm good anytime, if I have like one good thing ever in my life, I'll be happy. So yeah, yeah it's Francoeur. like yeah, it's like JP Crawford, just be good for like a minute and everyone's going to hype you up. We got Colton on here. And he's going to help us break down this Cubs roster that's pretty much broken down. We just have some question marks, kind of where people are going to end up and what the projections look like for them. Austin, why don't we go over catcher? Because I need to talk about my boy at first. You do love Anthony Rizzo, but that's not who we're talking about right now. That's my guy. We're talking about Wilson Contreras, a guy that if, like we discussed prior, if JT Rumido didn't exist, would probably have an argument for the best catcher in baseball, along with guys like Buster Posey, if we're talking about offensively and defensively. What is the impact with him, and what is the future in the distant future, obviously, because Wilson is the age that he is? Love, love, love Wilson Contreras. Um, everything you ever hear out of Cubs Twitter, Cubs um, writers, and like from the actual Cubs players, that he is he is the easygoing and works hard, shows his shows his uh, leadership through hard work kind of guy. Like He's like a glue. He's a staple in the uh, clubhouse. And on top of all that, He's really good at playing the sport of baseball. Like, what else could you honestly ask out of a catcher? He like he's the whole classic. Uh, controls the pitching staff, manages the game, all that. But he, he does it with like he's so cool. He's just so confident, and I love him. Honestly, I say this a lot. With it's just a bunch of cool guys. They're all confident. They smile, but they all they're all so good at baseball. Contreras is the man. I'd say he's like one of the three guys in this core that you need to get signed long term. Like he's the guy that. If you want like a, a a Red Sox type turnover where you have one core win a few and then now a new core win a few, he's the guy that has to stay um, long term. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. I mean, like we just said, we think he's obviously one of the best players in baseball and one of the best catchers in baseball. What is there something that he can get better at? I mean, obviously, catchers aren't going to be spectacular hitters unless you're a once-in-a-generation player like Maurer was for a couple years. Buster Posey as well. What can he do better this year that he didn't do well? Not not well, but didn't do as well last year. Um, I guess one, stay healthy. But two, again, a, a, it's going to be a, a repeat kind of episode. A lot of people on this team have this problem. He just goes through a three- or four-week stretch where he bats like 110, 120. And, like, and, and, and like the way that Madden... Um, seems to play around with lineups, but he doesn't do it as much as people think. If you have like four or five or six guy, you're not going to go any, any lower in the uh, lineup. So if you have that like three or four week stretch where you just can't hit anything and you're still staying at five, six, like it's, it's going to catch up to the team. And and that's, and that's what he did last year. It was kind of a down year, even though I think, wasn't he the uh, all-star starter last year? Yes. I think, I think half your team was though. 
That's that's a good point. Yeah, it helps being the Cubs. Yeah, it, re- it really does. It's great. God, what what a great franchise. It's great again. Again, we should say. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, dude, like he's he's just like a he's just like really streaky, and if he can consistently just just stay out of those slumps and and not just like rake, but just not go. 0 for 15, 0 for 20. His defense is awesome. He has a really quick throw to first. Cubs love throwing to first. And okay, honestly, guys, let me ask you this: what What's a cooler ball than a a catcher picking somebody off at first base? That is such a cool feeling. Watching no, John Lester we, throw to first base. Yeah, right. We see uh, Sandy Leon snap down all the time to first base. It's it's an exciting play. It's a heads up play. It, it just makes you think as a runner, it adds a different element, especially when you have a guy like John Lester who legit doesn't know how to throw to first base. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like Contreras loves doing that. And like the whole team gets pumped. That's like, I would say it's other than like a clutch home run or a robbery. Stealing run. home. Bodie with the grand slam. Dude, yeah, that was great. Watch that I admit, live. I did, I did not watch that live. It's a, it's a sore subject in my life. But we'll get dude, to that, it. That, there's that that he makes it's so he's just so cool about it like i there's great smile handsome son of a bitch great baseball player i'm so happy we have him (laughs) well you got a lot there's something very similar about the cubs where all their rookies seem to come up and make a big moment and they come up like mid-year so you had Contreras, you had boyd you had rizzo you had uh chris bryant even though when he came up he went like over four that day but you know he came up and obviously obviously played really well Russell, Baez, flashy as hell. All, all very handsome as well. A guy that's very the opposite of Contreras when it comes to consistency is one of my favorite players in baseball. Former Red Sox, great. And by great, I mean when he was like 16, he was signed. But Anthony Rizzo at first base gives you pretty much what you're going to get every single year, which is all-star level first baseman. He's always going to get you 100 RBIs. He's always going to bat around 280. He's always going to hit 30 or 30 or more doubles and he's always going to hit 20 to 30 home runs i mean you can't ask for much more and on top of that one of the best contracts in baseball i don't think he's ever made over 15 million dollars he makes like 11 or 12 this year then he has two club options left at 14 million each and he's only 29 years old so you got him in his prime of his age and the prime window of your team what's it like having a guy there that you never have to worry about you literally never have to worry about this guy ever. I don't I don't think he's ever had a hot or he may have, but in the past few years he has not had a hot April or May. And every single year people freak out. Should we bench him? Like you said, the guy's gonna give you 280, 30, and hundred every year, no matter what. He has a he has a gold glove now. He makes the flashy foul ball plays. All the time. He loves jumping up in the tarp, hanging out by the by the brick. I mean, he's he's a great defender. He loves that guy. Or he loves he loves that area. I love this guy. He dude, he's he's the man. Is there anybody in sports, not like not just baseball, in sports that deserves a captain like title more than him but doesn't have it? Oh, he's one of those guys that deserves to see. I mean, just even him in the World Series run talking to David Ross, just he's so animated, but he's so honest and open and he he just relaxed and he has a good time and he, but he doesn't get too high, he doesn't get too low. He He's excited, but he doesn't he doesn't annoy people. He's not super negative. He's 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 he knows when to play his cards and he's just such a great guy to, on top of it. And on a team that is full of kids, he's also a kid, but he's 29 years old. He's not he's not the 25 year old, 
rookie sensation, young guy anymore. I mean, he's kind of the leader of the kids, if you will, you know, between Contreras and Bryant and Baez and all them, because they're all younger than him. Yeah, he's like he's like the uh, the uh, old brother out there. Like, he's yeah, the, he is. He's the older, the older brother. brother. He's like the cousin. Family. Yeah. Yeah. And like, dude, every, like even everything down to him choking up with uh, two strikes. That's the kind of stuff that you just like. I eat that for breakfast, lunch and dinner. I love when when players do like like there has been like science being like, oh, yeah, that does nothing. And then some science says, oh, it does everything. Dude, I don't care. It just shows that like he will do anything to win. He's the guy that you want up in October to just get you like a bloop single up the middle or, or poke one through like an uh, infield that's 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 playing in stuff like that. He's he's the guy that I want up. So before we go like any further and talk about all the other positions, because there's so many more positions to talk about, can we talk about uh, the absolute collapse at the end of the season? God, yes. Yes, we can. Basically, um, I say that, that nobody is, is out of Chicago. We are live from A15 from Rockford, Illinois. It's about an hour, hour and a half west of, of Chicago. And then that's my hometown, but I live in, I live in Milwaukee. Dude, if you ever want your team to blow a huge lead and a game 163 against a team, and you list those teams from 1 to, to uh, 29 on teams that you would like rather play, the bottom of that list is going to be the city that you live in. And living in Milwaukee sucked. It blo- like 95% of the stuff that I own, t-shirts and pants and hats, they're all Cub stuff, and I wear them all the time. And I can't wear anything without anyone chirping me from last season it's the worst like the brewers didn't even go to the world series they were just closer than the cubs did so i, I don't get why i get all this shit but it sucks like 95 wins is a great season but literally not even playing a series is so salty it's such a, a salty taste second base is a little weird because we have the looming problem at shortstop that is addison russell so let's talk about the guy that played second base last year, and then we'll kind of work around it. Uh, Javier Baez probably had one of the best seasons by a Cub in the last, what do we want to say, 10 years? If you take Chris Bryant out of that, yes. Yeah, if you take if you take Chris Bryant out, he probably had the best Cub season since, like, Derek Lee. <laughs> yeah, Derek Lee and Sosa. To have a second baseman slash shortstop last year hit 34 home runs is almost unprecedented. You have to go around the league and find guys like that. Catcher, uh, shortstop, and center field be in the positions that you can, you know, sacrifice defense because you need that. You need to have a defensive presence at each tier of the, of the, of the field, basically. Javier Baez might be the best second baseman in baseball if we take out jose altuve in my opinion what is going on with him and can he get better he cut down on the on the strikeouts he he's a great base runner obviously stole home he makes amazing flashy plays again like Contreras, he just it's not cockiness it's just so much confidence that when he there's a little bit of if, cockiness if, in there ah whatever dude when you when you are playing second or third and you dive in the hole make a diving play get up throw to first and while you're doing all that you be cocky. I don't care, man. You know what I mean? It is cockiness, but that's okay. He's backing it up. Like it's the confidence cocky line. But yeah, it's Bregmanist, exactly. Bregman can do whatever he wants because he 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 does it. Like he can chirp, he can yell, he can scream in your face, but he's batting three hundred and, and making gold glove plays like Arenado. Javi does the same thing and he finally backed it up with this bat, considering the only downside of the kid was yeah, it's great, but he's gonna bat two forty, but now he's batting two eighty, three hundred. So 
the whole conversation changes. He still he still bites at at some of those sliders, and there's you can always tell like like once a game there's an at bat, oh two one two and and everybody in the park, everybody watching on TV knows a slider's coming, and Bias still just chases it. If he can if he can recognize that earlier and follow it off or or hold off on on swinging, he'll go from 270, 280 to 290, 300 kind of guy and and. If he has an, another year like last year, then people are going to say he's like a top 15 player in baseball, top 10 player in baseball. Shit, he could be top five, for being completely honest. I love him. Yeah, he's, he's I love great. This team. Uh, this team, he's way better than that other bum that you guys had. Go ahead, Dave. Just do it. Just rip it. Just Ben Zoper sucks at baseball. Can we, can we agree to that? He's Joe Dave Madden. also thinking. hates Joe Madden. He's so. a man well, of Joe the Madden, Lord. Thank you. Joe Madden, Joe Madden coached himself and you guys out of a World Series and a rain delay saved you. Sure. I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, no, I listen, I love the Cubs. Like for people that don't know, the Cubs are my second favorite team. I have family in Chicago. It's a whole thing. And granted, Ben Zobers had a great year last year, played 140 games, batted over 300, was a three-war player. Very good year. But he's a very streaky player. He never batted over 275, 280 before that. And people talk about him like he's like, the, the you need him. Like, oh, you need a guy like Ben Zobers on the team because he plays multiple positions. In the playoffs, he kind of shines, and that's where it is. But I don't like Ben Zobris. It's my thing. Joe Madden is not a good manager. It's all the smoke and mirrors, bringing a bear, a cub to the you know spring training, getting the guys loosey-goosey. He did the same thing in Tampa. And just like Tampa, Chicago just had all these draft picks, and they all came up at the same time. Same thing in Tampa. They had all these studs, and Joe Madden was just there. And I feel like he's just there in Chicago. And I feel people are kind of getting over his like his kind of thing. Uh, what do you think about Joe Madden Chicago? The media there, do they love him anymore? Are they over it? Are they like, all right, man, like, stop drinking wine in the press conference, stop talking about all this cool shit you do, like, wear some normal glasses, like, figure it out. Yeah, it, they definitely are starting to uh, turn on him. It's it's not like people hate him, but you're seeing a lot more articles here and there, a lot more tweets in in Cub Twitter, like like from fans being like, dude, like, what's this guy doing? And then they like like pick apart some of his moves. You can obviously go back to uh to uh 2016 world series and there's like five six seven or eight different times where you're just like joe man you're just you're overthinking everything you don't need... he overthinks making breakfast in the morning this guy he really does he like he's the kind Pinch of guy that cereal he'll he'll yeah. like poke an egg and then he will extract the yolk from it and then he'll shake up the the egg white in the egg and then mix the egg yolk and the egg white together to make like scrambled eggs just just to throw it away to eat to go get like a bagel <laughs> exactly yeah he's like oh i hate eggs bam yeah that's why i don't that's why i don't like madden and i don't like all the the nonsense that people be like oh he's like a, a young guy whisperer not really he just lets the young guys do whatever they want <laughs> he's really like 78 years old he's yeah so old. <laughs> like like my whole thing on ben zobris is i think that he's overrated he's a very consistent player player but people like marvel at him like he's a must need like he is the guy i think that's why i don't like zobris because he is a very consistent he bats 275 every year pretty much minus last year and the year before where he batted really low and really high very nice guy does a lot for the community that's not my thing it's just that everyone makes him seem like he's like mookie bets it's like oh he plays everywhere and bats all this stuff and he doesn't do that stuff the two of them kind of like together kind of broke in the like this era of specialization almost if you think about it I and mean, they kind of go hand in hand that was the guy in tampa that you know yeah that's Joe his biggie that's with. his guy yeah it's it's his it's his backup plan it was like having i'm trying to think of who john farrell just like would not let go of when joe kelly sucked 
No, he it was Matty Barnes. And Matty Barnes. He just switched off with them. And Aaron Boone just constantly rolling out Gary Sanchez, basically, even when he was batting like 0.95. It's like people just hold on to certain players and they just don't let go. And that's Zobrist and Madden. I think the the role that Zobrist is in last year and this year is perfect for Ben Zobrist for his like whole career. He's not a starter. He he gets he gets his like second or third or fourth game start here and there. He can play. He plays all the outfields. He plays second. He can play third. You can put him at first. Yeah, He's, no, no, he can. He and he picks. He doesn't have to go against the best pitchers either, and that's something that helps him too. He gets to kind of be the end of the series where guy needs a break. You know, the star of the series where they need a break, but they're not going against their ace. He benefits from that a lot as well. I feel. But like, yeah, he's if you're a World Series MVP, you're a god in Chicago for the rest of your life. Oh, you have to be. I mean, look at look at JBJ. I mean, uh, he is a ALCS MVP. And I think the last two years, if you listen to Boston sports media, it was trade him and he sucks. Now it's like, well, you can kind of build around them. Look at he, he redid things now. And that's how it goes. And Zobris, obviously that year he was he was on fire, especially in the playoffs. But that that's my take on Ben Zobris. By the way, uh, Chicago sports MVPs and championships, Michael Jordan, Ben Zobris, same category. That's true. They are they are one and the same. A guy that was a league MVP though, and someone that apparently is is overrated now all of a sudden by you know Chicago for some reason, Chris Bryant. Um, I'm not even gonna ask it. I shouldn't ask it, but I will. Is he gonna have a ba- a bounce back season? I would assume, yeah. Do you know how not to have a bounce back season? He has to. Yeah, it's gonna be I, harder to not have a bounce back than it is to have the bounce back. I think the only way that he does not have a bounce back season is if he's walking on opening day, a ninja comes out of nowhere and cuts off both of his arms, both of his legs, and one ear. So his like whole like balance is off. Then he might point. bat like he might bat like two ten, two twenty. This guy's yeah. way too good. People are like, there was a debate: who would you rather build a team around, Chris Bryant or Mike Trout? Mike Trout's the best baseball. He might be the best baseball player of all time. And people just two years ago were saying, hey, Chris Bryant might be as good as him. Dude, he he was the player of the month last year in April, got hurt, and then had a bad, quote-unquote bad year and hit, what, 20 and 75 RBIs? Yeah, and bad, like, 270 change. God, he's the man. I, he's so good. And like, And, again, they toss him in, in the outfield sometimes, whatever, but he, and, like, I think he was even, like, left off off the shredder for, for uh, MLB Network top 10 third baseman. And a lot of a lot of Cubs writers and Cubs reporters are saying that he's he's got like he's just mad. Like when people ask about him last year, like, hey, what happened last year? How do you feel about this year? He kind of has like a chip on his shoulder, which is like journalist thing to say. But he like it's crazy that people forget how good this guy actually is. There's a big elf in the room and his name's Addison Russell. The Cubs are no stranger to domestic violence and their players they had a role as chapman who they traded for and they traded one of the best players in baseball at the time prospect wise for him who was going to be a very good baseball player for a while they have addison russell who's a very good shortstop when playing only 25 years old three years of team control left only making 3.4 million this year suspended for a while domestic abuse does he fit into this team and if he doesn't fit into this team I, I would assume you trade him for starting pitching, either a prospect or depth. What do you think? I have been so anti-Russell since the beginning of last season. Like even, even back 
there was like a little time that I had like a blog and I wrote this huge article on why to trade Addison Russell. And this is after like, like 2016, there has been rumblings since like, since he came up pre 2016 world series, this guy's a scumbag. This guy is the worst. He has like two or three different kids with two or three different women. He's constantly seen out at, at nightclubs at two, three, four in the morning in, in Chicago when they have a day game the next day. There's like this guy on on Twitter, I forgot his name, but every time he spotted Russell in a nightclub or has like seen uh, tweets about it, he tracks Russell's day game stats for the next day and Russell bats like like under 100. He's so bad. The dude is not taking this serious. He's so naturally talented. Baseball-wise, he fits into this team perfect. I think he's like one of the most perfect shortstops in like in baseball when it comes to like build and skill set and fielding and hitting and the dude's the man but if it's MLB the show it's perfect dude exactly but it's not it's real life this guy sucks get him off my team honestly right now just cut him i don't care if he goes somewhere and like wins a world series because he's a huge like key pivotal part i wouldn't even be mad i just don't want him on our team try him to texas i'll do that all the time yeah, Texas would take him, you know, happily with a smile on his face. I agree. I think he needs to be moved on from this team. I think the Cubs need to get away from that whole like, yo, we got gonna give these guys second chances. But I, I think that they're gonna try and raise his stock. I think he plays with the Cubs this year at some point. If he's decent, someone gets hurt, he gets moved for whatever. Theo's not an idiot. He's not gonna give him away for free. And the way baseball is now and the way sports are now. You literally can get away with murder and still play. All in all, we know he's not a great guy, but he helps the baseball team and he will help this organization either by getting traded for somebody or playing. I just don't know which what yet. Moving to a happier topic, you have another utility guy, a Zobris 2.0, David Bodie. He's a bigger dude, but he's athletic as all hell. Where do you see him this year? He, I think he's going to get 60, 70 games this year. He's, he, like, he is he is a Zobrist. He's not as good. He's he's not like a smart savvy veteran, but he has moments. He was huge for the Cubs last year. I think he I I doubt his his war is this high, but he was a reason that the Cubs won like three or four games last year, including and, that Grand Slam. Dude, that Grand Slam, I didn't see live, but it's it like, was awesome. I I bet it was man. It was I great. Didn't think that it, was coming. Hey hey, I bet it was awesome. To watch <laughs> dude, that live. it was sick. Whoa, sick dude. Anyway, I did not watch it live and I hate my life because of it. But David Bodie, he's just like a really easygoing guy. Um, I mean, I don't know any of these guys personally. I wish I did. I'm all off articles, Cubs Twitter, all that stuff. Everyone loves David Bodie as a person. Everyone's saying he's just like a, a nice, like a, just a genuinely nice guy. Um, I think he was up and down from AAA last year, like six or seven times early in the season hit that grand slam. And then he was like a household name for the rest of the year. Uh, David Bowie is just, he's just a, a cool dude can play anywhere at average to a slightly above average uh, defense. And uh, that's, that's the kind of guy that like other teams usually need or have when you don't have like a Ben's to do that. Yeah, dude, I, I'm a, I'm a huge David Bodie guy. Basically the same person, except he's got a little more experience as Ian Happ. It's going to be the same question over and over again. This is kind of like a puzzle. Is it like a platoon with with Hap and Bodie? What's going on with those two, at least? I think Hap is David Bodie, but with a lower floor and a much, much higher ceiling. Dave, um, Ian Hap could probably be 
if he figures things out, like a consistent 260, 270, 30 home run, 90 to 100 RBIs every year guy. But again, like like the rest, of the, he can he can bat 350 in in like July, and then in August he'll bat like 110. Like he is he's very streaky, strikes out a ton, um, but can play all three outfield positions. He can play third base, can play second base, toss him at first base. He's just like he's crazy athletic. He's really strong, um, and if he can if he can figure out to stay out like out of those slumps, I think he would. He would be a great piece. And of everything on this team, Ian Happ and Addison Russell, I would love for those guys to get uh, packaged and trade away for some for some bullpen Because I, I love Happ. Russell's the uh, scum of the earth. But we need to figure something out. There's too much of, there's too many moving parts for people to like, figure like how to play baseball. Because these, these guys are all young players still. They're all still trying, like, like trying to figure things out. I think, I mean, I hope that we like make a move to give somebody like Almora, who I'm sure we'll get to, someone like Almora and someone like Schwarber, just like, hey, this is your spot. Just play it and be you. Don't always like look over your shoulder. Yeah, I mean, that's a perfect segue to the outfield because you have a very good and bad problem. You have a lot of good players, but not a lot of positions for them. But I think what Theo is looking at is probably what every you know superstitious fan, including myself, will say. As soon as you trade, you know, say Russell and Bodie, Brian's going out with a year-long injury, or Russell's going out. With, I mean, uh, Baez going out with a year-long injury, and then all of a sudden, it's baseball. It's everything. It's just sports karma. It's how things work. It's never a bad idea to have depth, and when guys are on team control or minimum salary like a Devers or a Ben Nittany from the Red Sox or Blake Snell for, you know, the um, for Tampa Bay, for example, you want to hold on to those guys. And I think that's what may be stopping them. But the infield's crowded. The outfield is probably even more crowded. You have Jason Hayward, whose contract is going nowhere. He's only 29 years old, which is wild because I think he's 85. I feel like he's been in the league forever. But after his first disastrous year, Cubs fans have to get over that. Since then, has he been worth the money? Not $25 million a year, basically. But is he worth the 270 plus gold glove defense, 260 batter? Yes, that's a very good, valuable thing in the lineup. So he's helping. Kyle Schwarber really can't play the outfield. But as you know, Joe Madden has shown, he doesn't care about throwing a pitcher in left field if it, if it means getting certain guys out there. He does not value left field as a defensive part at all. Maybe even negative. He could care less. So that's Schwarber's spot. A guy that is taking over the outfield by storm and could be the NL Central by storm is Albert Omora. He's unbelievable. And we talked earlier about how this Cubs team goes through. It's almost everybody just has like a bad month or two randomly throughout the season. And then they explode back up. You talked about it before the show. If Almora can keep it going, he plays five-star defense. He's got great speed. He can, he can, and he makes contact all the time. If he can stay consistent and maybe add a little pop, are we looking at like a legitimate four or five tool player? Albert Amora is awesome. He's like everything that you just said and more when he's on, he is like in the outfield. He can, honestly, I have yet to see a ball where I'm like, oh, Almora like can't get there. He covers ground sometimes that just blows my mind. He's made several top 10 plays. He's made, 
several like diving catches in in the gaps that maybe 10 15 players in all of baseball can can maybe get to and i think it's it's sort of what i was saying earlier how he's in a spot where if he if you go like two or three games where you're going over you're looking over your shoulder like oh now i'm benched now now hap's got me now i'm moving over to right field where i hate it i think he just needs a spot that's like hey dude this is your from everything that i've seen he's like he's like his characteristics and his his demeanor is he's a he's, he's like a leader mentality guy he was the leader on on all of his young usa teams uh coming through the minors and college and everything i've ever seen his personality is like a leader watch me like i'm gonna talk the talk i'm gonna walk the walk watch me go out there and do it and i think his personality type does not help the situation where he's constantly thinking like dude if i if i drop a ball if i make a bad throw make like i if i go like oh for four three k's for a night i'm not playing tomorrow that's not going to help him that's why i want half shift out of here give almora a little more breathing room and i think if he has a breakout year, it's going to be another Baez type year where he just takes the league. You know, you got you like seeing guys like that, especially. I'm pretty sure he was one of Theo's first picks, if not Theo's first pick. I think. I think he was. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool to see a guy like that. Let's go to starting pitching. You know, you have you can guys that have been acquired through trade, whether it be Cole Hamels, Jose Quintana, John Lester's a horse. Plain and simple. I mean has an argument for the best pitcher in baseball every single year consistently over the past 10 years. We could argue that he probably is in the top three. What what does John Lester mean to this team? And, I mean, is he ever going to stop? I mean, Dave and I both have an appreciation for him being Sox fans. Still, to this day, don't appreciate them not bringing him back and, you know, kind of chapmaning the situation after he was traded, after getting assets. But, again, John Lester as a whole, how do you feel? John Lester is a guy where just in sports, it's so hard to like describe it or say why it happens. There are players who just will start like they'll step on the field, step on the court, step on the ice, and they're just going to look at their opponent and just say, you're not going to beat me. And like they don't know how they'll figure it out. Play by play, but they are just not going to lose. And that's like their mentality every single day, working out uh, spring training off days. Like John Lester is the guy that's that's showing up to work and he's like, I'm not going to lose today. And that's and that it was perfect. The time that we got him. It's perfect. Now, I trust him with my life. He will like if it's a if it's a win or go home game, John Lester's going to come in, give you five, six innings, give up no more than than three runs, even if he's completely off, even if he if his fastball is 88 that day, somehow he's not going to give up a huge number. And he is so trustworthy and such a workhorse. And just I and yeah, I I just have a, a huge man crush on him. I don't care that he can't throw to first, whatever. Big whoop. I can't throw to first. I can't tell you last time I ever threw to first. And look how I'm doing in life. Doing just doing just as well as John Lester, right? Uh sure, you know. Uh bank account aside, uh I guess success aside and happy me and John Lester are basically the same person. Basically, basically the same person. I mean, let's be real. Do you have here. the same hair? Uh yeah, yeah. No, I, I am actually um rapidly losing my hair. Um, it's it's a whole lot worse than it was three months ago. Problem on That's their nice. Hands after it's Aaron not good. It, it really isn't. So, um, John Lester can throw a better beard and or can grow a better beard, throw a better fastball. And uh, but other than that, we're the same person. I say this a lot about people about being you know in my top ten, and I'm officially gonna make a top ten so I can basically stop saying it. I love Kyle Hendricks a lot. 
Like Kyle Hendricks does everything that I want in a pitcher. He doesn't throw gas. He puts it, I mean, for the namesake, he paints the corners, you know. I mean, Kyle Hendricks is a guy that you can build around. He's still young. You know, he's, I believe, the youngest of the staff at this point. Uh, what can he, you say about Kyle is. Hendricks? Him, him and Chatwood are both uh, 29. Chatwood, first of all, we're going to get to him. He sucks. Wow. That's a hot take. He I sucks. hate him so much. Oh, my God. He's dead to me. Yep. Chatwood. Chatwood's <laughs> hit, hit Hendricks is, for me. Is Mike Montgomery dead to you? Yes. I like I like Montgomery. Like if you if you're if you do anything in in that game seven of the World Series, you won my heart. Tyler Chatwood gets paid thirteen million dollars a year to he suck does. ass. He does. That guy is so bad. Two more Come years, out. by the way. Coming out of two, yeah, of course, yeah. Why not? So so we can have some like <laughs> why, stability. Why not? You know? Some more money. Sure. Some more money in pitching that you don't want. Fuck yeah, dude! I love this team. Yes. Yeah, hit on hit on Hendricks though. Hendricks is is a is you know. A stud. Kyle Hendricks can do, like, if he has a season, if he has 10 seasons from here on out that he's just dog shit. If he's Tyler Chatwood for the next 10 seasons, uh, Kyle Hendricks won my heart. Game six, 2016 NLCS, where he outdueled Clayton Kershaw. That is That was one of the biggest upsets I've ever seen in my life. And, did, and didn't smile once either. And that's my favorite part. Oh, so cool. Just ice I, I in his veins at all times. He's He's, like... He is such a weenie. He looks like such a dork. Yeah, he does. Like, if you're like, hey, dude, um, can you do my accounting homework? And someone's like, yeah, sure. And then you hand it over to someone who looks like Kyle Hendricks, who, who goes to Dartmouth. The dude's a nerd. But then, if, <laughs> but then he goes out and he, he gives you eight, eight innings of like two hit ball with like millions and millions of people watching him. He doesn't sweat. He doesn't get nervous. He doesn't smile. I think he blinks twice an inning. It's incredible. He's nuts. He looks like he's like five foot one, 25 pounds. And he wears like a XXL shirt. Everything looks way too big on him. He wears that long sleeve that's like a little shorter than a, than a, a baseball tee. But like just everything about him makes no sense. He looks like a like a dork, but he's the man. Let's talk about Jose Quintana. I don't even want to talk about Jose Quintana because, again, not a good season. Uh, let's talk about the guys that you traded away to get Jose Quintana. Retrospect. How do we feel about trading Eloy Jimenez, the number three prospect in baseball, and Dylan Cease, who is a top, maybe, I think he's 29 in baseball or something like that, or around it about, and two more after that. How do we feel about this trade in retrospect? Sick, dude. Sick. Um, well, I come from a White Sox family, so I get to hear all about it. My co-host on our on Live from the A15 is... A White Sox fan, so I constantly hear about it. Eloy, dude, Eloy was signed. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was signed the same year as Cespedes. No, Jose Abreu, and everyone was going nuts over Jose Abreu. Had a great season. Um, but Theo found Eloy when he was 16, and he was like six foot two, 75 pounds soaking wet. That that was maybe the the boniest guy I've ever seen. And to see him every year just get better and better and better and better and now he's like a year two years three years out and we trade him that crushed me that sucked dude he's so good when like when he has the videos on on the internet and batting practice where he's like hitting lights and just crushing balls 700 feet it's so hard to see but basically everything comes down to if we can win a world series with Quintana giving us any production if there's if he has a single game a single moment 
Like if he comes in and does one inning of relief and we win a World Series with him on our roster, everything's worth it. That's how I felt about Drew Pomerantz. Literally. And Drew Pomerantz did none of that. <laughs> Sweet. So Who'd you guys trade for him? Uh, <laughs> Anderson Espinosa, who is yeah, having a spectacular Espinoza. spring. Coming off of Tommy John, he throws like 96, 98. And he's got Yikes. stuff. He's, he's the trade top, was one for one, by the way. He's top 10 in the, in the uh, Padres farm system, so let's put it that way. Which is hard to do. Yeah. So, I mean, let's go ahead and move on. You, Darvish, there's a lot of money invested in this in this pitching rotation, and we're going to keep saying that. You, Darvish, not good. Not good last year. Didn't really but play. But he says he feels good now, though, so you got to take that for, for $27 million. If I can just watch him throw a baseball, dude, I'll be pumped. Like, like what a great year. If he can, if he can find, a, like, or like an apple. If someone's like, hey, you, can you toss me that apple? And he throws that apple, I'm like, dude, what a great signing. Like, he's he's throwing now as long as I just see him active. Like, he didn't exist in my life last year. Like, if he died or if last year happened, I wouldn't have known because I didn't see him. Yeah, he Jacoby Ellsbury, you guys, pretty bad. Oh, I'm sure you guys have, have the same thing. There's, there's a, a few signings or a few trades where I know exactly where I was when I found out that it happened. And I was in the parking lot of my current work right now when you Darvish got announced that he was signed. And every day that I work, I park in the same area, in the same parking lot, and I just think about it. And it's very sad. It's very depressing. It'd be cool. It'd be cool if he uh, didn't suck, you know? That'd be, that'd be pretty neat. Like, what but, if he was uh, a top 20 pitcher in baseball? Let's, I mean, let's just say top 30 pitcher in baseball. Does this, does this team, like, win the Central? Yes. yes yeah, they, they need him to win the Central. If Hugh Darvish does not pitch at all or bad next year, Lester Hamels... And Hendricks, that's a lot to leave up on 35-year-old John Lester and 35-year-old Cole Hamels to pick up the slack for Darvish, Chatwood, Quintana, and the rest of them. Congrats on trading with Texas for the 85th time, by the way, for Cole Hamels, who is spectacular in Wrigley Field, has always been spectacular at Wrigley Field, and will continue to be spectacular in Wrigley Field. I mean, there is no reason that this rotation shouldn't be good. I mean, if we're sitting here gonna, and going to talk about it like that, I mean, Lester, Hendricks, Hamels, all really good. Really good. I mean, that's one of the best one, two, threes in baseball. It's top three, maybe. Jose Quintana was like arguably a top 10 pitcher in baseball at the time that, that we traded for him. He was exactly what happened with Sonny Gray. Arguably a top 15 pitcher in baseball. The Yankees traded for Gray and ruined them. Quintana comes here and sucks. So very similar, but both can bounce back. I think Sonny Gray has a great year with the Reds, and I think Quintana has a better year with the Cubs. Wrapping up the starting pitching here, give us your one through five in order of best to worst, what you want to see starting for the Cubs next year for starting pitching. All right. Uh, one through five, one being the best year. I think just out of respect, talent level, and like I said, just like the fear that he has on the field, John Lester has to be number one. Um I would go Lester. Honestly, I would go Hamels. I'm not expecting him to deal, but like I don't think he's going to blow up. And I think this lineup is too to like see the the second half decline continue. Like this lineup is going to score runs. Cole Hamels is going to be the guy that's going to win 14, 15 games next year, uh, but have like a four one four two ERA, and I think that's fine. Um, then Hendricks. Uh, followed by Darvish and Quintana. You Darvish being our four guy and Quintana being our five. 
two or three years ago sounds laugh out loud funny. They were on top of baseball back then. So it shows that, that they can do it. They haven't shown us that they can do it in Chicago or I guess for the Cubs for Quintana's sake. But I think that's the five. It's it's pretty set in stone without um without injuries that those those five are are in there um, with injuries. Tossing Mon- um If Tyler Chatwood is alive, uh, toss him in there, I guess. Cool. We have we have some some guys that can come up from a triple A for some spot starts, but but that's the five and I'm not expecting top five in, in baseball type of rotation, but if you give me ninth or tenth, eleventh best rotation in baseball, this team's gonna win a lot of games. Yeah, if you guys just hang out top fifteen and just stay healthy, you guys are gonna win ninety plus games again this year and flirt with hundred. Exactly. So bullpen, give us your seven, eight, nine and just your overall feeling of the bullpen. Seven eight nine. This this bullpen is really similar to our lineup. There's a lot of moving parts. A lot of people have had seasons in the past. Where you're like, dude, these guys are. But like last year, I, there was time, times you got Carl Edwards Jr., Steve Ciszek, Pedro Stroke can be plugged in and out. Seven eight nine or for the seven eight. If he's healthy, Brandon Morrow is really good. Last year, when healthy, he was still really good. When healthy is is a big emphasis because the guy's not healthy ever. ever. He wasn't healthy before. He wasn't healthy before the contract. We gave him a lot of money. He's not healthy after Greg the contract. Oden. He's literally not even healthy right now. Like as as I'm talking in this world, he's not healthy. He might not even pitch. But um, the thing is, like, I can't tell if we have no depth or a lot of depth because there's so many people on this on this list that I'm looking at right now for the bullpen. That can be a closer. Steve Shishek, Shishek, didn't he? Didn't he have like forty saves for the Marlins one year? He was a part of that gauntlet that the Marlins had for sure, where it was, um, what, what was it, Ziegler, uh, Steckenrider, Barraclaw. It was just ridiculous. There are just so many people, so many moving parts there. Yeah. So like he's done it before. Um, Kinsler, he was a All Star for what was it Minnesota, as like a closer. Um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um Edwards and Stroke both showed it in twenty sixteen. Dude, in twenty sixteen, Edwards was top five uh arm out of the bullpen in baseball. He was the man. And then last year he fell off. Strope like sometimes looks like he's super locked in, other times looks like he he's so rattled in the you know in the late innings. So and then Tyler Chatwood, dude, what whatever. I hate that guy. Randy Rosario's a name that You'll see in and out. Dylan Maples comes up and down from AAA. Dwayne Underwood up and down from AAA. These are guys that ha- like can do it, but just don't, if that makes sense. No, it does. And, you know, last question is, if I put you on the spot on a lie detector, is this team going to win the division, and how many games do you think that they're going to win? Yes and yes. They are going to win this division. Dakota had him winning like 80 games. What? That, yeah, they had him being last. Yeah, they had they had the Reds above. I think they had him last in the Central. They had the Reds winning like 84 games. Reds made good moves. Joy Votto is maybe my favorite non-Cub in baseball. Um, the Brewers, good team. Hey, riddle me this, guys. How do the Brewers continue this without starting pitching everyone's like yeah it's good starting pitching they may have been top last year can you name their starting pitching rotation 
Dude, whenever I ask that in Milwaukee, it's like, we got Jimmy Nelson. Jimmy oh, cool. Nelson, Sick, Tyler man. Anderson, Chase like, Anderson, he, sorry, wrong Anderson. Yeah, Chase Anderson, wrong Anderson. It sounds like you got 25 years into MLB The Show. Yeah, that's honestly what it sounds like. And it's just like a terrible name generator. And then like a guy can throw like 94. But they're both so, like, I'm, And Mike Moustakas is playing second base. So there's a negative <laughs> war right he there. Is. He, he is, is yeah, they announced that today. They can't. They're not the ones I'm worried about in the Central, though. I'm worried about your favorite... You know, rival basically that's not across town in St. Louis. God. You're okay, scared, so I know. You text me, you're like, should it, I be scared? I was like, you should be scared. Yeah. In all of in okay. all of sports, my least favorite team in the whole world is the is the St. Louis Cardinals. And then other than Joey Votto, my favorite non cub in all of baseball was Paul Goldschmidt. And now they're and now they're basically married. And that dude, my heart sank. The Cardinals have a way to find stupid names like the Brewers have and and they bring up like fat Matt Adams who and then Matt Carpenter's are obviously a really good player but he wasn't supposed to be like these guys aren't supposed to be good baseball players these guys look like they like work like work at like Chase and then they come up and hit 25 home runs and they'll have a pitcher come out of nowhere and dude I'm I am of all teams I am scared of the Cardinals I really am. I think the Cubs win 90 to 93 games next year. I don't know what that means for the Central because I don't know what the Cardinals do. Last year, they had a stacked lineup and they sucked for the first 75% of the season and then kicked it on the last quarter. That division is going to be more competitive. The Reds will win 80 games. You can mark that. Uh, Pirates will be, will be better and they will compete for the wild card but won't make it, but it'll be tough. I don't know if the Cubs win the division, but they will contend for it. They will... They will finish. They will finish one or two, and the Cardinals will finish one or two. I don't know which team will. The Brewers, like you said, they don't have starting pitching yet. If they trade for it mid year or a guy really like blossoms, I'd worry about them. But for right now, it's Cardinals, Cubs, and it's up to them. All right. Last thing: What does this team need to acquire before the trade deadline? I know it's so early. We're not even to opening day yet. What is this team missing? If they can, if they can find, I don't even know. Like the thing is, it's not even like a trade or a, a free agent. This team won 95 games last year without Chris Bryant or you Darvish. If either of them come back and play well, if both of them come back and play well, even in like a much harder harder division, they're going this team is so much better. The the Javier Baez like surgeons, resurgence, surgeons, I'm not a wordsmith, I don't care. Javier Baez coming up and like playing well last year was so big for like the the direction of this team in my eyes that it covers up so many holes that people could could poke at here or there this this is a I, I don't know i just love this team i love this roster i feel like all of our problems other than like a healthy bullpen all of our pro- problems are like good problems to have you have too many good players in too many spots and i don't know if any acquisition could be anything and i would say a good like i said earlier a russell hap package can get you a pretty good arm and i would say that would be my answer to your question live from the 815 on basically anywhere that you can find a podcast i think we're like all over the place and uh we're probably the most famous podcast about sports movies pop culture from this from the city of rockford we 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 randomly um we got fergie jenkins hall of fame major league pitcher we've gotten um patrick manley the longest tenured captain for the chicago bears franchise we've had a few NFL players come on, um, Pat, uh, uh, Green Bay Packer Dean Lowry, 
Uh, I think he got cut, but former Houston, Texas, Texans safety, um, Nate Jamerson. We just, and like, honestly, we, uh, we are hilarious. We are handsome. We're charming and we are modest. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of the show, um, just for the everyday man. It's, it's different. Uh, it's basically what you take two two guys who've been talking about sports and uh, talking about it while drinking for the last 10, 15 years. We, we grew up together and uh, we just put a microphone in front of our face and we don't prep at all.